Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. One of the things that's been bugging me lately is I don't get to hear the news on television or on the radio. Uh, I, I, TV is the place where I go for my news primarily, and I don't understand why every day, 24 hours a day, 60 minutes every hour, it's politics, politics, politics. And then something happened this past week, which is a big deal, the Egyptian airliner that went down. We had two straight days of the Egyptian airliner. Now, all these things are interesting. They're important. The politics, the Egyptian airliner going down. But there are other things going on in this world. And think about it. We are not made privy to them. We don't hear about them. And I think that's wrong. I want to know the other things that are happening. Sure, take 15 minutes on politics. The other 45 minutes, let me know what's going on in the United States, uh, the Americas, Europe, Asia, and what have you. That's the way it should be done. That's all I can say. It bugs the hell out of me. I hope it bugs the hell out of you. Tonight, tonight, I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to bore you with politics, so I'm going to have a couple of comments to make. But I've got an item on the Middle East. I've got another item on Venezuela that ties into New York City. And then basically the rest of my show is going to cover things that happened in the United States. I, I believe most of these items are important enough or were important enough were interesting enough to have been reported on the national media none of them were one or two might have so here we go let's start with israel and saudi arabia uh there is a new middle east the jews hated the arabs the arabs hated the jews the arabs swore they were going to annihilate uh, Israel, all the Jews were going to be killed. And they're still at it 50, 60, 70 years later. And purportedly, what we seem to believe, the impression we are given is that these people don't like each other. But things are changing. They are changing. Right now, Israel and Saudi Arabia are in bed together. Strange bedfellows, but in bed together. And the reason they're buddies, they are buddies now. They are buddies. Netanyahu and the king of Saudi Arabia meet on a constant basis. We are not told about it. It's all behind closed doors. No publicity about these meetings. Why do they have the meetings? Well, all of a sudden, they have things in common, these people. They have common interests. They have common foes, like Iran. Both of them fear Iran. Uh, both are great friends of the United States. In fact, it's amazing. We give Israel every year, without question, $4 billion. They get $4 billion bucks every year from the United States. They get more money from us, but they get $4 billion a year. Saudi Arabia gets a check also for, from us every year. Here is one of the world's richest countries. They got probably the greatest oil deposits in the world. They screwed the hell out of us. They gave us $4 a gallon gasoline, and they're getting a check for some billions of dollars a year. It might be $4 billion or more. Why are we giving Saudi Arabia money? I can understand Israel. But Israel now, you know, Israel's kicking us in the ass. And so is Saudi Arabia, because we don't agree on what they're doing in the Middle East. Um, 
and Yahoo, he did a bad thing when he came and spoke before Congress here while he was running for uh, presidency of Israel. He, it was a slap. It was a slap in President Obama's face. Well, let me tell you something else you don't know. And this should have been in the news because it's in the European papers. It's in the Canadian papers. It was when it occurred. Uh, on my show three weeks ago, I said, and I'm reporting it again, that the king of Saudi Arabia gave $80 million, $80 million to Netanyahu, I'm sorry, I don't pronounce well sometimes, Netanyahu's re-election campaign. $80 million, the king of Saudi Arabia, to the head of the Israeli state that they're supposed to hate. Now, don't you want to know about this? Strange things happen, and you should know about it. We should know about it. Let's go to Venezuela. I've been saying for years, God bless Hugo Chavez, the best thing that happened uh, to Venezuela. Uh, a lot of people say, well, he was a bad guy. Well, I'll tell you how bad he was. Number one, he was a socialist, Bernie Sanders-type socialist. Uh, but he had the capacity to do more for people than even a Bernie Sanders can do for people in this country. Chavez, when he took over the country, he took over the oil fields. He took off over all the manufacturing and production of oil. He nationalized all oil production in Venezuela. In other words, if it was an American company that had a production down there, he said, it isn't yours anymore, it belongs to Venezuela. He screwed everybody. And what did he do with the money he produced? He gave a check on a periodic basis all the years he was in power to the citizens of his country. He just gave him a check, check for being people of Venezuela. Interesting, okay? Now, he's gone. We now have Nicolas Maduro, and I knocked this guy for three years. I've been saying he's a horse's ass. This is the man, Nicolas Maduro, president of Venezuela, who the first place he got in trouble, I'm laughing, he ran out of toilet paper. There was a scarcity three years ago, it began, of toilet paper. I think it's a necessity of life. And this isn't funny, because there's still a scarcity of toilet paper in Venezuela today. Now, why couldn't he figure out how to get more into his country or produce it on his own? Now they don't have food. They don't have jobs. Because they they didn't take care of their uh, power sources, they are only working one day a week. Public employees only work one day a week, six days off for no pay, of course, uh, because they don't have the electricity to keep their office buildings going. Inflation skyrocketing down there. Inflation is projected to be 740% inflation by November. Now, why am I talking about all this? Well, Hugo Chavez had a daughter. This is interesting. Hugo Chavez had a daughter. Turns and <laughs> turns out the daughter's worth $4.2 billion. Must be great being a socialist in Venezuela. Even though he took care of his people, he took care of himself, and obviously his daughter uh, benefits from it. She's only 35 years old, $4.2 billion. Uh, what's interesting also, Maduro, 
the present president, appointed her alternate ambassador, alternate ambassador to the United Nations last year. She has been living in New York City. She continues to live in New York City. Most of her assets, $4.2 billion, are in the United States. They're banked, they're there in stocks. Everything's in the United States and Andorra, okay? She does not want her money affected by Venezuela's volatile economy and their highly deflationary currency, which I I just mentioned. Uh, So... I find it funny because Hugo Chavez, during his lifetime, socialist took care of his people, but must have taken care of himself. He denounced the wealthy. He constantly denounced the wealthy. The wealthy were no good, okay? And yet he ended up a wealthy man, as most of these dictators, in effect, do, and his daughter benefits from it. She's living a lavish lifestyle. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just pointing it out to you. One of the greatest socialists of our time, Hugo Chavez, who gave nationalized the oil fields, gave the money to his people, still took care of himself. And in the end, his daughter in New York City has $4.2 billion, while the people of Venezuela don't have toilet paper. <laughs> now, why don't we hear these things? We heard about the toilet paper. We don't hear much else about it. I want to talk about basketball. Basketball. I love basketball, and I I believe most Americans love basketball. What I'm going to tell you is a Ripley, believe it or not, the NBA, professional basketball, is seriously considering a four-point shot in basketball, a four-pointer. It would be longer than the three-pointer. They would still have the three-pointer, but four feet or more beyond the three-point circle would be the four-point circle. Seriously being discussed, I think it's a great idea. Uh, It's fantastic. It's going to change defense uh, basketball playing because they're going to have a wider spread out court uh, to cover. And can you imagine these guys making these long shots? And you can't say they can't do it. Look at Steve Curry. He's been making shots from half court all season. And that's longer than what they want to do now. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but it's on its way and it's in the very near future. Uh, companies that have a lot of money. American corporations, I am talking about. American corporations. Cash is king. Cash is king. We hear this so much. We hear it especially in times of a recession or an impending recession. Cash will be king. Well, one-third of the cash in the United States, one-third of the cash in the United States is held by five United States companies. And I'm not talking about banks. We are talking about corporations other than financial ones. Non, they are nine non-financial companies. The, and one-third of the cash in the United States is held by five United States companies that are not in the finance business, okay? Problem is, because no one's stupid in this country, three-quarters of that cash, which, by the way, 
one-third of the cash in the United States amounts to that's held by these five U.S. corporations amounts to $504 billion, $504 billion. Three-quarters of that amount is overseas in offshore accounts outside of Uncle Sam's taxing arm. Isn't that sweet? Everybody that makes money here puts it in an offshore account so they can't get taxed. Corporations should pay. They should pay what they can afford to pay and still benefit their shareholders. And I'm not being a socialist. They're screwing us all because taxes now come from the former middle class, the middle class, and lower class people. No longer do the corporations pay the kind of money they should. General Electric hasn't paid taxes in two or three years, and they make a fantastic amount of money. Uh, The companies, by the way, these five companies are all in the tech business, computer business, uh, IT business. And guess who the biggest one is that has the most cash? Apple. You got it. IT company, Apple, is holding more cash not necessarily in the United States, but they have more cash on hand than any other corporation in the United States that is not of a uh, financial nature. Going into politics very briefly, we get hit with it all day on TV. I, who love politics, I am a political junkie, and I've had it some days. I can't stand listening to all this politics this year. I'm sick of Trump. I'm sick of Hillary. Now I'm getting sick of Sanders. Uh, What do I want to say? Recently, this past week, the New York Post ran an article. We all know that Hillary made all these speeches and made a lot of money. She was getting around $225,000 for a one-hour speech. She made it to a lot of banks, financial institutions, Wall Street, plus other American corporations of all sorts. Well, the New York Post came out with a list of the corporations that she spoke before for one hour. And after she left the Secretary of State's position, and between the years 2013 and 2015, 2013 to 2015, uh, Hillary Clinton took in a total for her speeches of $21 million. $21 million. A lot of money in two years. She doesn't have to be president. She just gives speeches. She can make a she can make a great great income off of it. My point, or the point I'm going to, is she's got to release these transcripts. The reason she isn't, and this is what. I'm picking up out of the stuff I read is that she, whoever she talked to, don't worry, guys, we're going to take care of you. That, in effect, was her message. Now she doesn't want the American public to say what she said to these people. And it's obvious she had to be supportive of whoever she was speaking before. When you get that kind of money, almost a quarter of a million dollars for a one-hour speech, you've got to say nice things. It's expected. And down the road, Favors are expected, and you can't say no. This doesn't mean she should not be president, but there should be transparency. It should be open. Which brings me for a moment to Donald Trump. This guy could be president of the United States. I think he's a first-class asshole. Excuse for the way I put it. It's the only way I can describe him. I think he is a danger to our country. He could get elected. I mean, at the beginning, I was like everyone else. I said he wasn't going to get the nomination. He got the nomination. He could get elected. Um, He is speaking 
to everyone in this country, all levels of income, even the rich, he is saying to them, you're getting screwed one way or another, and I'm going to straighten it all out. I'm not going to pussyfoot around. Now, we all know he can't deliver on all these problems. Uh, all these promises. He can only deliver on very few, if any at all. I fear with, with his mouth and the way he insults people who attack him, he and Putin are going to get in a pissing match and we're going to have a war with them or with China or with North Korea. Uh, this man is not qualified to be president. And along the way here, I don't like what he's been doing in the last 24 hours. He's back on Bill Clinton's ass. Bill Clinton screwed up. He should not have done what he did with Monica Lewinsky. He did it. He paid for it, okay? He almost was impeached. He was embarrassed for life. He was disbarred as a lawyer for lying under oath. Uh, but the man survived. The man succeeded. We all forgive. This is a forgiving country. Uh, and his wife should have controlled him when he was chasing all these women. I, I, I really would like to know how many marriages, when the husband's out there playing around, the wife really knows. Women sense their husbands may be toying around a little bit. This guy was doing it big time. I can't believe she knew and tolerated it. So this doesn't belong in the campaign. has nothing to do with it. Now they say that Bill Clinton and his wife, Hillary, uh, Vince Foster got killed. They're probably responsible. This was a story back in the 1990s. What's this got to do with what we're going to do to save the ass of the United States? We're heading for another recession if we don't stop screwing around. Everything is all, the rich are getting richer. We have no middle class. We've got to correct all this stuff. And we're not going to get corrected by talking about Bill Clinton's sex life. That's 25 years ago. I don't care about it. It makes interesting listening. But a man who plays ball as he does, he's playing in the gutter. Do you want him for president of the United States? I don't. Which now we're going to go to Oregon. Oregon. I want to start this way. You've heard of Nestle's. I'm not talking about the hot chocolate people, but they're the same people. I'm talking about when you go to the supermarket and you see the bottles of water and there's Nestle's, Nestle's bottles of water. We're talking about that part of Nestle's business, okay? What Nestle's needs water. If they don't get water from someone's uh, water supply, springs under the ground, they can't put it in a bottle and sell it in a supermarket. In Hood River County, Oregon, Hood River County, Oregon, uh, Nestle's uh, wanted to, they, were, they took a piece of land, and they wanted to extract water. There were, there's a, much water underneath the earth in this particular county in the plot of land they acquired, and they needed 118 million gallons a day. They were going to take out, not a day, rather a year, 118 million gallons a year of water out of this spring in the county. Well, the people got upset because, in effect, they were trying to privatize a water supply. The people got upset. They put it on a ballot. They had a referendum. Uh, it was bipartisan support and opposition. They went door to door, and guess what? Seventy percent of the voters supported the ban which prohibits Nestle's from doing this, from taking 118 million gallons, from taking any water out of this spring. Remember, we need water. 
The drought is worse on the West Coast than it is here in the East. We haven't felt its effect that much yet. These people out in Oregon had a slogan, Our Water, Our Future. And it fits absolutely correct. Our Water, Our Future. As a nation, there is increasing water scarcity in our country. There are droughts, California big time. Two years ago, two years ago, I wrote a column for a local newspaper here in Key West on California and the drought and its effect. And one of the things I mentioned in that column, interestingly, uh, was Nestle's. Um, in some area of California, it escapes me now, Nestle's has been taking water out of the ground for years properly. They own the property, and they take so many gallons of water out, and because they're taking so many gallons of water out every year, they get a discount. In other words, the homeowner, who doesn't take anywhere near as much water out of the ground as they do, pays the full shot. But Nestle's, because they're buying in bulk, in effect, got a big discount on the water. Now comes the drought. Governor Brown saying we got to do things, everybody's got to do this and that to save water, and he's absolutely correct. And guess what? They, want, they said we want a, even a further reduction. This is during the drought. Governor Brown cutting back on water usage. They said we want even a bigger reduction in what we're paying. Of course, they didn't get it. Now, Nestle's also, I'm going to give you one more example here, and this is in California, has a brand called Arrowhead Bottled Water. Arrowhead Bottled Water. They've been taking water for years uh, from a place called Strawberry Creek, Strawberry Creek, under a permit. You've got to have a permit to take water out of, out of the land, you know. They've been taking it, this water purportedly, allegedly, legally, for years. The only problem is it just came out that the permit under which they take the water from Strawberry Creek expired 25 years ago. Do you hear me? Somebody isn't paying attention. Expired 25 years ago. Someone just brought a lawsuit. Two citizens brought a lawsuit uh, last Tuesday in California in court uh, to stop them from taking water out because they don't have permission to do it because their permit expired 25 years ago. Nobody pays attention anymore to these things. Maybe somebody's on the take. I don't know. But all I'm saying is 25 years without a permit. Oh, This I don't like. We're, we're going now to... Uh, Portland, Oregon. We're back in Oregon. Tonight's an Oregon night, I guess. Portland, Oregon. School board in Portland. School, and they did this. They just did this May 17th. School board in Oregon banned textbooks. Textbooks being used in their schools uh, in, the, in Portland. Any textbook that cast doubt on climate change is banned. In other words, their position is there is climate change, and if you say there ain't, then your books can't be used in our school. Well, I believe there's climate change. I think the country's pretty much 50-50 on the issue. Many of you probably do not. Many of you do. Uh, I believe that we have emissions, uh, carbon emissions. I believe fossil fuels are screwing up the atmosphere. I believe our planet is overheating. I believe that, that the Arctic and Antarctica are, are uh, melting. I believe that my home that sits on the water here on Key, in Key West 
won't be visible in 50 years. It's going to be buried in the water. Uh, And we're not doing anything about this. But there are people who believe the other way. I think it's wrong for the school to censor books. This is what they're doing. They're saying this is what we think should be taught because we believe there is climate change. And you can't do that because it still has not – the other side hasn't been disproven that there is not climate change. Okay? Again, many believe there is, but a lot believe there is not. Now, let me give you an example of how many people think there's no climate change. And I get a lot – every time I talk about it or write about it, I get tons of emails. Uh, Let's go to the Oregon Institute of Science and Medicine. And I will tell you initially that the Oregon Institute of Science and Medicine is probably financed by that faction of corporate America that wants the people to believe there is no uh, there is no climate change. They got a petition together, 32,000 signatures. 9,000 of them were PhDs. And this petition denies there's any scientific evidence that carbon dioxide releases, methane, or other greenhouse gases are causing the earth to heat up, okay, and are disrupting the earth's climate. Now, that's a lot of people. You say, well, you know, they they organize this, the people on the other side, and so forth. Well, let's go to Yale University, a credible institution, Yale University. Eight years ago, excuse me, Yale University put in a program. They established a new program to conduct climate change research eight years ago. It is ending this year. It has been announced recently, they claim, because of budget cuts. If it is budget cuts, it's because the wealthy donators, the people, who, and they have a lot of people who support with big bucks uh, Yale University, probably said, we don't, if you keep this up, I'm not going to give you money anymore because it's probably hurting that person's pocketbook because they, they somehow are in the businesses, fossil fuels and carbon and all that sort of thing. Uh and so they influence the people at the university. Money talks. Don't kid yourself. In every area, money talks. Uh, now, so now we've got Yale. We've got this Oregon group. And, again, i got to tell you, I, I, I don't agree with it, but it's out there. There is an opposition. They are huge in numbers. And so a school board should not censor, should not ban, okay, ban what their children can read on the issues of climate change. We are still in a position both sides should be shown and exposed. This is disgraceful. And I'm against, I say there's climate change, but this is censorship, and it should not be done. Suicide. Lovely. To- These topics, by the way, most of them should be discussed on the media every day. Or we should we should hear 30 seconds about these things or 60 seconds. We don't hear diddly dip about any of these things anymore. It's politics 24 hours a day unless the plane goes down. Uh, the United States suicide rate, the United States suicide rate is at its highest in 30 years. More suicides now than at any time in the last 30 years. Uh, it's Im- involved in every age group, 
every age group, the, the number of suicides, the percentage of suicides has gone up, except, this I find very interesting, with older adults, older adults being defined as people over 75. I'm 80 years old. I can understand that. You know, people my age, we think, well, we haven't got that much time left. We don't think about it and worry about it. But we, we want to enjoy what we have and try to make the best of every day. So I can understand that. Interestingly, also, the numbers, the percentages are especially steep for women, for women. And, and they found that a substantial number of suicides are, in, are with people formerly in the middle class. And that can be understood, too, because... They don't have what they had. Many have lost their homes. They don't make the same kind of money. They've gone from 40 to 35 $40 an hour jobs in a factory to working McDonald's. So that's the show for this week. That's the show for this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I enjoy doing the show, and I'm happy. All you people that listen to the show, most of you listen to the archive version, which is on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's linked to my Key West Lou website. And I thank you, because the numbers go up every week. I do a blog every morning. I do a blog, keywestlou.com, keywestlou.com. I talk about what's going on in Key West, how I like this or I don't like that. I talk about things in the world. It's very short. I'd like you to read it. Try it. I think if you read it three days, you'll continue to read it, and I honestly believe you would enjoy it, okay? There's plenty of things in there, too. So, again, I thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>